It's already recording, yeah. Okay, sweet. Uh, boy, fucking A. Where to start? Uh, your video series was amazing. Um, I watched it all the way through like three times. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, I mean, I've actually technically watched it more than three times. I've watched it all the way through as a complete thing three times. So but, I guess uh, that, like three hour, like what you'd rendered off is that? Right. What I did after I did that, I, I watched that. But then I'm saying like, as you were doing it, I watched those parts multiple times too. And so a lot of meditation, but what was interesting, a lot of things interesting, but, but one of the things I realized after um, watching your last one is that even though you and I are friends and we've been doing the internet radio stuff together for so long and everything, I hadn't realized your uh, your history of how things came about, and it's much different from my own. But I mean, sure, yeah, people are different, and there's different, you know, ways that things, you know, uh, come to be what they are. But yeah, you and I, you and I came from very different places. <laughs> Um, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just, no, it's just it's a, insightful, you yeah. know? Well, that's um, why, you know, ultimately I think that was, and, and I'm going to give Andras a lot of credit for convincing me to sort of go with the personal route in the sense of like, I was having trouble. I, I, I was just talking to him about like different things of like how I wanted to express some of these ideas. And I was really having trouble with this script and, um, he knew my story of like, uh, you know, him and I had just talked about in particular the sort of uh, what do you call it, the tea party thing. And because yeah. I don't know, however, that had come up for us once. And I was like, well, you know, I've gone to tea party meetings and events back in 2007, you know. And so I, I had a, such a, I had such a specific feeling about it. And, um, doesn't mean that I, I align with that ideology at this point or anything like that, just to say like, that's where I, you know, that's um, my, I, I can't remove myself from the, that context of like, that's how I knew it and watched it become something else and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, he, he thought that was a really important sort of piece of the puzzle for someone who obviously was not in that scene. Uh, yeah. to have that and he was like you know that that's really good and if you can share that and I ended up just kind of sharing more and more about my own situation and I'm glad that it I don't know that it that it works in that capacity um and uh yeah I love the personal element of it I like that you're sharing your story and uh that yeah it's inspiring um so can I ask them what you you know when you say you you had a very different situation. Do you want to talk about yeah, what your I mean, I sort kinda, of situation? I kind of started with mysticism growing up. I got into Bill Cooper while he was still alive, you know. Yeah. Um, and I watched that happen with with um, you know, his death, and then and Alex Jones kind of. I was aware of that at the time because Bill Cooper said that that was what was going to happen, and so that wasn't like a you know, uh, I mean, I guess like, like when the towers fell immediately, immediately, like practically as they were falling, I was like, 
I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone with this, but I was like, bullshit. And before Loose Change came out, I mean, I was just, I mean, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I watched Loose Change in the in the desert when it was a uh, disc. It wasn't that you uh-huh. couldn't Oh, yeah. So my friend Dustin had ordered it, and it's the only video we watched. Well, uh, I, I saw it a couple months, a few months in the desert. And there was one person there on the on the property. They're all grandmothers in mud huts. And there was one woman who had a television. And uh, I watched it in her in her space, you know, and she had this really, you know, kind of negative reaction to it. She was just like, what is this bullshit? You know, and I remember at the time being like, well, even if you were to negate 80 percent of that video, the 20 percent that's there, what are you going to do with it? You know? And to this day, I still do that with a lot of things where I'm like, I mean, I, I watched the fucking pandemic video and I'm like, I can trash uh, 90% of this, but the 10% that's there that checks out is disconcerting uh, in terms of opportunism, you know? Um, and so it's hard to discuss that sometimes because I'm like, well, I don't even want to fucking bring it up because I'm going to have such a reaction to the whatever it is, 80, 90%, <laughs> you know, that's questionable more than questionable that I don't get to discuss the, the parts of it that I'm, I'm most interested in, you know? Um, I agree. I have, uh, there's a woman in my life that, um, you know, a platonic relationship, but, um, she's a, a friend that I've met, um, you know, in, it's so, it's so weird to say it like this, but like in real life, in the sense of like, not the internet, you and I have like <laughs> right. these like internet relationships with people that I, that's, become my normal you know where like i'm used to meeting weird people on the internet and talking to them about ideas so it's very rare to me that in real life i can have any of these conversations right right and uh so i have a woman who was um you know um, say like someone affiliated with the bar i was working at and we became friendly, and one day, you know, she starts talking about some conspiracy stuff. Oh, cool. Okay, you're into that. Neat. Well, blah, blah, blah. So when the whole pandemic thing started, she sent me some videos, and I'm like, how do I approach this? Because I want to say, yes, but. Yes, right. but. Or, or, or yes, or, and. Yeah, yes, okay. well. Well, actually, in this case, no, but, like, yeah, yes, no, whatever. Yeah, I don't in this case, saying that, but <laughs> yeah, this isn't like, uh, well, no, I know exactly why you said that, and and I think under normal circumstances, I want, I want to do that. I really want to be able to do yes and, but with a pandemic and some of stuff, I really felt like going yes, but like, hey, I, I want you to know that you, I totally respect that you're sharing this, and I agree with, or or not, I agree with, I however you want to word that. I'm cool with that 10%, 15% of this thing, but I also feel like this other 80% is there to mislead you. And that's what I want to take issue with. Not like, right. and and what I think is so frustrating about those conversations is that I find like, I'm used to being that guy, that conspiracy theorist who everyone shuts down. Right. right? So you almost think, end up I'm on not the other side of it when somebody's as, coming. Yeah, no, totally. I'm not shutting you down as a conspiracy theorist right. and, or rejecting your cons- – or whatever. It's not because it's not because I think you're crazy. It's not because I – anything. It's just, hey, there's more to it. It's like maybe that's where the yes end. There's more to it. There's With the proper context, this is being spun in a very dangerous way. 
And that's the conversation I don't know how to have. Like, even I see all these people sharing, you know, these fucking save the children bullshit. And it's like, man, you guys are so fucking well-intentioned, so fucking well-intentioned, but someone is manipulating you to, to with this, sure. this thing that you want to stand behind and using your energy to redirect it into their agenda. Oh, and sure. how do you say that? How the fuck yeah. do you say that? Well, I said it the other day. I had, I had a, a friend sharing a list of the Democrats who have been Democratic leaders that have been, uh, you know, either jailed or or all sorts of things, you know, related to pedophilia. And uh, I had seen the same list a couple days before that had just as many, if not more, Republicans in the same list. But I'm looking now at a list of somebody had copy-pasted just the Democrats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hey, just so you know, you're sh- I don't know if you- I didn't say this, but my processing was like, I don't know if this person did that themselves or if they're taking it from somewhere else. They just copy-pasted what somebody else had copy-pasted. So I just shared the list of the Republicans, you know. And I got no response back, which is no response, to be yeah. expected. Um, but it's just, that's... It's kind of like that, where I'm like, well, you know, if you're going to... And so uh, my my complaint was, I was like, look, if you're going to minimize what the problem is to remain partisan, then mm-hmm. then all your claims about saving the children, what the fuck is that? Yeah, you just want to weaponize... You want to weaponize child you abuse. cut the list in, in half yeah. so that you can make this other argument that's polarized... You're but, not actually worried about saving children. You are, right. or, or maybe you are. Maybe you are, but whoever's providing you with that list right. that's been cut in half isn't. Mm-hmm. They are literally Perfect. weapon. And to me, that's that's so nefarious. Like of all the things we could talk about being nefarious, if you're offended by child abuse, you should be really offended by child abuse then being manipulated for a totally other purpose. That's yeah. fucking. That's fucking nefarious. That's a fucking conspiracy, right? Right. Yeah. No. Totally. And so I have a question for you. Watching yeah. your thing, have you seen the original Loose Change? Because the only yeah. time that mm. I saw the ending, uh, that with the um, armored cars uh, going to, they followed them from Ground Zero to the. Um, uh, the New York branch of the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as it was like the first, it was the day of, I believe, that it was like after everything had been cleared relatively and people had been pulled yeah. out, you know, then they, they went underneath the towers, which is incredible Dude, that you could do that anyway. That you dude, could go- the, the reason that, I, that that stands out so strong for me is because this is for me, you're saying you just started with mysticism before I was ever into fucking synchro mysticism or had yeah. any idea of like movie predictions or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I remember when I saw that footage thinking, wait a second, this is Die Hard 3. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. They literally exactly. take the fucking garbage trucks or whatever under com- the thing. I had the get- same thought, and I haven't thought about that for fucking years. Yeah. But I remember having that same re- visceral reaction to exactly. the visual That's of why it's such a truck. strong memory. It wasn't just like, oh, I thought I had this thing. I was like, hey, wait a second, wait a second. Is this right. real or is this die so, hard? <laughs> so I think, I don't know about right now, but I know that like Loose Change has like, been on Netflix. And like, <laughs> and if you watch it, it's it not only is it not the same movie, there's like, I don't know how many, three or four or five other versions before we've even There's gotten to that point. Five. There's at least and it's five. like a fucking Facebook 
upgrade where you're like, that is not an upgrade. I am looking at a downgrade. How is this version better than the original? And what so, is your processing behind that? The same thing happened with Who Killed the Electric Car. The original. Oh, that's so funny. I just rewatched that. I just rewatched that very, very recently. Wait, so are you saying that's different? Is that? Yes. I'm Big trying time. to think. Well, again, so I just watched it very recently on. I want to say maybe it was like Amazon Prime. It was a free, you know, some, some sure. streaming service. Yeah. And I didn't get that sensation of like it feeling different. So maybe what I had seen was already. Too, no, but I mean, Probably. I saw that when that came out. It's been I saw different that for years. Out, though. So that's really bizarre. Yeah. But I, I trust both, both those movies. It's also the ending that changed the most. Hmm. And the the thing with the where there are certain shots that happen in who in who killed the electric car where you're looking at a helicopter view of all the cars that they were going to um, you know uh, impound mm -hmm. uh, that they had built they impounded an entire line of cars and there's those people protesting with the giant check saying we will pay a million dollars for one car and so but the, but there are some of the aerial shots are just. Last I saw it, they're just not not there, or they're shorter. They don't show the full scope. Yeah. But it was incredible to see this aerial view of all of those cars, and it gave a sense of just like what level of of you know what we were dealing with was like. You know, they built an entire line of cars, yeah, apparently with the intention to demolish them just to make a some kind of a, a statement of like this isn't you know this isn't they did anti advertising so yeah, like yeah, uh -huh. the car way in the background it's like this well, is what you don't this. want you can't do this but it's pretty good you know it's like wait what so it's <laughs> so strange to me that you bring up that documentary because so i um part of my process for making this hindsight 2020 series was like rewatching these certain documentaries that I felt were like, they were at least pivotal in my development of these, of these thoughts. Mm. And particularly for this fifth episode, this final episode, since I was covering like a sort of specific span of time, like, Hey, this is where I was at from like 2004 to 2008, like all that sort of area. I went back and I watched a bunch of documentaries from that time period that like really impacted me. And one of them where I was like, hey, uh, so just to say, I have, um, I wonder where that is. I have a notebook with like some like time codes. Here it is. From Who Killed the Electric Car. Because I, I was considering in my sort of like biggest plan of like what I could be covering. Um, I was just kind of trying to see what... Um, Sorry, I just wanted to see if there was anything. And this is so great. I get to ask you this question. I have a note here to ask you a question. Um, so just to say, so I have uh, rewatched Who Killed the Electric Car within the last just couple of months, literally in preparation for this episode. And I was like, I didn't, I was like, there's no way I'm going to tie all of this together. But just in case I wanted to rewatch it and and sort of, get back in that headspace and see if there was any footage in there that spoke to me. Now, there's another film. Have you ever seen Enron's Smartest Guys in the Room? Maybe. Okay. If I did, I, it was, you're talking an old video. You're talking I about, mean, what, 2009 or something? Or? Probably even before that. So probably yeah. same time span as 
Who killed the electric car? Let's see. Enron. So I'm just going to look it up. Enron's smartest guys in the room. It is. I know I found a free copy of it online somewhere. It's on Vimeo. So if you if you want it or anyone listening wants to watch it, it's uh, if you were to type Enron, smartest guys in the room, it comes up as free to watch on Vimeo. Uh, and what I uh, man, I had so much from that that I wanted to edit into this fifth episode because I mean, uh, if you don't if you're cool going down a little bit of rabbit hole with me is to say Enron the collapse of this company and the SEC inquiries are all happening around September 11th. There's literally a point where like the the CEO is commenting on 9-11 to like as his company's falling. He's like, just like America's under attack, we're <laughs> under attack from the SEC. <laughs> it's like it's crazy, right? Oh um, my god, dude! I I fucking I I have this. It's not in my room right now. If I was show it to you, but I got this. Uh, <clears throat> it's like a mini poster thing that I I pulled from the top of a of a gas tank when I was uh, uh, I was filling up my car after nine eleven, and it was like within a week or something. And it's just it says nine eleven. We'll never forget. Shell gasoline, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just like, and I and I regret actually not pulling them all down because I yeah. have this one, and I'm like, this is fucking like, like this says so much without with saying so little. Oh, you yeah, know, that's incredible. Oh, shell gasoline, you'll never forget. What does that even mean? You're a fucking company. Who's gonna your employee? Who? What? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, that remind. Okay, so now don't I don't I'm gonna you're gonna make you. Um, I have a specific question. I literally have a, a post-it note on my desk for months to ask you a specific question about this Enron movie. So we're gonna come back to that. But I just want to say about your shell gasoline. You reminded me. I might have told you about this, but in New York after 9/11, they had this whole campaign of like, oh. You know, if you see something, say something, right? About report right, right, terrorism. Right. It's in the same vein of loose lips sink ships. Yeah, and precisely, all yeah. Of that. It's yeah. So Orwellian. But that's the thing. So it's super Orwellian. And it the whole campaign is like if you see something, say something, <laughs> and it gives you this hotline. Well, the second year that campaign was out for a full year. And in the second year, and man, I tell you, this ad was everywhere. It's on. It was on buses. It was in subways. And I have scoured the internet. I've done oh, every amount of like digging I can to find a copy, to find a photo, to find proof that this ad existed. Uh-huh. And, but I can't find. But like, man. Anyway, so the ad. It's a Mandela effect, you know. Post it in the Mandela group. They'll they'll do the work for you. They'll try and find it. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Because I've tried, but like I know this thing was real because I've pointed it out to people like on the street. Right. So it's so like it was like, hey, if you see something, say something with this telephone number. So it was out for a year, and the second year it says, last year, one thousand nine hundred eighty-four people saw something and said something. And it was giving like a statistic of how many people reported terrorist activities. But right. what that literally said on the thing was last year, 1984, people, it was literally 1,984. So it literally the sign reads last year, 1984, as, you know, <laughs> as if 
that's the year we're in. Right. And did they cite the source so that you can see that that's indeed the number? Like, who the fuck? Like, they could just say anything. Right. Um, You're telling me no. What I assume (laughs) is that someone noticed after they were printed and that they pulled the ads. And that's why I can't find it. Because I'm sure it got scrubbed. Someone realized and felt really dumb. But that was on all these buses. I'm like, holy shit. No one else sees this anyway. Um, And so, well, that's, that ties into where where I wanted to kind of go with that. It's like, you know how, like when you're, okay. So, you know, Sage Francis is hip hop guy. Sage Francis doesn't matter. I've actually seen him live. Yeah. Okay. So Sage Francis, he kind of pulled in Neil Young a little bit, like what Neil Young did, did with Kent State, where they had the song Ohio and Ohio came out so quickly after the Kent State thing, and it became like a protest song. Well, you know, Sage Francis, he did his makeshift The Patriot song. Like, and the rumor was, and I don't know if it's true, but I heard that he, like, that they did, that they put that song together, like, the day of. Um, Do you know that Sage, uh, Doug interviewed Sage Francis on 42 Minutes? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I'll like, find I would it. like to hear that. But, so... I got I got this uh, Sage Francis EP of Makeshift the Patriot, and the EP was released long after the song was digitally released, right? And uh, it's a, it's a vinyl, but on that record he has this little talk where he's he's uh, he's talking about how when he first produced the song so quickly after the events, how he got so much fucking anger sent his way. From people who were like, "What are you trying to do? You know, this is a time for you know whatever." There were idealisms they were they were saying at the time, and then he's like, "You know, this is years later," and he's like, "You know, now you guys appreciate it. Where were the fuck were you in the midst of it?" And I I've thought about that a lot because it's not just true for that; it's also true like you're talking about supporting our troops during the beginning of the Iraq War. I'm always for supporting the troops, just like I'm for supporting anybody. But I was, I was, I, I was opposed to that war before it started. You know what I mean? Like I, I was a huge Hunter S. Thompson fan, and I remember reading what he had written the day of 9/11, and like predicting that this is going to be a war with uh, is going to come out of this that's going to have no identifiable true enemy, and it's just going to be this clusterfuck of every. You know, like, and I was like really prepared that that in my mind that that was where we were headed was towards a uh people connecting this to you know to something that it had nothing to do with and so like i know like what the connection was between iraq and 9-11 there's nothing really there but they kept saying the weapons of mass destruction thing or whatever and i i never i never bought that for a second you know i was open to the possibility but i never felt at all like that that was you know what the real rationalization was i was like this is fucking just greed and opportunism and bullshit and so you know when you're looking at something like 9-11 you're looking at something that like i mean there were people that were like nobody died the towers were empty blah blah blah. i'm like get the fuck out of here no people died it doesn't negate the extreme opportunism that happened in the midst of and following that event and so whenever anything crazy is happening, I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not a denier that this thing is happening, but I am so distrusting and weary of the powers that be to not milk it in the specific ways that, 
they know how to. And it's that's a different conversation to have, this. you know. That's oh yeah. God, with with fucking coronavirus now and so it's the same thing. So like with nine eleven, I had to I went to funerals. You know, I I have not only did I end up know people who died, I know people who literally ran out of the burning building and spoke into the I mean, literally, you know, this was I I literally know people working in the building who described to me what they saw and how it happened and all this sort of stuff. And it's like to have someone on the internet be like, oh, it's it's a hoax. I literally had like when I put up like I don't know, maybe my first or second hindsight twenty twenty video, someone commented like have you ever considered that 9-11 was not a real event that, you know, like it was a fabric, holographic fabric? And it's like, nope, nope. No, I haven't considered that. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I had after Maddie died, you know, I had I saw people online that were saying, oh, this 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 is all bullshit. The, they were looking at my friends past the mother and mm-hmm. say, saying the most outrageous fucking just utter malarkey and like and it was it's a different thing when you're like when you're tied to something and people are mm-hmm. are saying that and it kind of puts it into perspective when you're like wow dude like and i want to say this like watching your video i think one of the um what are some of the characteristics uh beyond just straight polarization or partisanship that we saw with the hijacking of alternative media i mean one of those look at the way that the definitions have changed when people t- used to say false flag terrorism, uh, it means yeah. somebody either attacking themselves or if you're talking about rogue facets within a government or all these things, everything was, was uh, you know, th- th- there were certain understandings that, yes, these things happen. Like, you know, uh, did we, um, you know, kind of provoke Pearl Harbor or something? You know, it's like, in a sense, you could say, if, well, if it was provoked, then in a sense, that's a false flag. But false flag has come to mean it's become it's become synonymous with hoax. And when people talk about crisis actors or something, it's immediately assumed that if if there are crisis actors, that the thing never happened. And it's like, no, you can have people, uh, you know, uh, taking a certain platform over something and having a, di- a narrative attached to it that's coming from other people or whatever, you know, like, that shit happens. But to to make it, like, when you say false flag, it, it has the same connotation that when somebody says, the same PR connotation that when somebody says conspiracy theorist, it's like it's so easily written off because everyone's kind of has not everyone, but a lot of people have an agreed upon assumption around what that what that implies and what that amounts to. Just yeah, to not, we no longer about, agree on the terms. Right. Well, just you talk say, about I like, saw very people, people have this notion that it's like, no, everybody's in on it. Everybody's in on it. Not to well, say that I like say, newscasters I, saying I something sh- that's coming from somebody, someone else up, uh, you know, above them, and they're, they're just reading the fucking teleprompter and that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. Um, Can I just uh, say I saw very recently a um, a thing going around on Facebook of someone saying it was a Facebook post that said it was you know like a. From from the perspective of a conspiracy theorist, like defending themselves and Trump and this whole idea, like of of coronavirus being a hoax, quote unquote hoax, and it said, you know, just the word hoax doesn't mean that it's not real. It means that it's not like, and basically there was this whole post about how 
I don't know, the left-wing media has manipulated and changed the word hoax to imply something else as if Donald Trump and all these coronavirus people were saying that coronavirus wasn't real. And so basically, like, of course it's real. We're just saying that it's manipulated. But then it's like, motherfucker, what? did you look up the, what the definition of the word hoax is? Like, Right. It, it, it doesn't you know, like, take long. But if you want to look up what the definition of false flag is, you might get some different definitions. Right. So, like, you're literally... <laughs> You're saying, man, the media has misconstrued the word hoax from what it actually means. And and you're defining, in this Facebook post, defining what hoax means. And it's like, well, look it up in the fucking dictionary. What does it mean? Right. You know, so if you say everything is a hoax. A- anyway, I, I just want to say I agree. I'm, I agree with you in the sense that there's a frustration that comes from not agreeing on terms. Um I have to be, I have to run. I'll be right back. Give me, yeah, give me 30 seconds. Totally. In the age of convenience, I just got a uh, milkshake delivered to my door. Oh, shit. That's amazing. <laughs> milkshake. So, um, uh, I wanted to, to, I don't know even know where, where to pick back up, but to say, uh, Two things when you said, okay, this idea of Matt, Maddie dying and people saying it wasn't true, and you're like, hey, I was there, me saying with 9 11. This, another thing for me with the coronavirus recently is that, you know, mo- most of my family is from New York. I, everyone, really, except for me and my dad, still live there. Um, all my f- friends are there. And everyone's like, this is a hoax. And everyone's like, you know, do you, do you, have you even heard of anyone who actually had it? And it's like, yeah, I actually know we will had it and we would die. And like people at uh, my family lost coworkers, you know, yeah. like this idea that that's again, when we use the word hoax or like, well, I don't know if it's real. It's like, well, it was real enough to kill a bunch of fucking people that are very you know whatever you want to say and this again this is where she gets so muddy it's like i'm not saying that the cdc hasn't manipulated data i'm not saying that donald trump hasn't manipulated data i'm not saying that joe biden has whatever the fuck you want to say anyone can manipulate whatever direction they want but when you when you say this is it's not really a thing it's like well, actually, I, I'm going to I'm going to fucking disagree with you from firsthand experience, not firsthand experience of me having the disease, but me right. knowing and losing people. And I was saying how much it reminded me of 9-11 in the sense of it seems like New York was, again, the sacrifice. Sure. Isn't yeah. it crazy that Jordan Barty moved to New York because of his interest in he almost he wanted to move close to ground zero. And where did he end up? In the fucking ground zero of COVID-19. Absolutely, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's oh, yeah. law of, of sync attraction, I guess. It's just bizarre, you know? Um, that, I mean, that's literally how I feel about 9-11, because I wanted... I didn't, I didn't cover this in this episode, but you and I have talked about this. I wanted so badly to understand the JFK assassination... I mean, we've talked about this. Like it's like, hey, everyone talking this idea of a cons- every, It was almost like every all the adults that I knew talking about. Well, of course it was a conspiracy. I'm like, well, then why didn't we have like a revolution? Why didn't uh-huh. why aren't those people in jail? Why didn't this happen? If everyone right. knows it was a conspiracy, why didn't this? And I, as a child, that fascinated me. And then I got to experience firsthand where it's like, 
oh, literally everyone's like, oh, yeah, 9-11 was fishy, but moving on. <laughs> right. And is it? I've, I've had, speaking to the grandmothers in their 80s in Arizona, I had a co- conversation sitting down with them where they fucking told, I brought up, um, you know, Pearl Harbor being provoked. And I'm, oh, yeah. this is applicable because the, what they told me was they were like, well, at the time, like so many people, Americans felt that way, but it wasn't okay to say it. And so it was like whispers. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, I think we kind of, we kind of pushed them to do that. You know, <laughs> it's like, cause it wasn't an attack on the whole country. It was an attack on Pearl Harbor. You know what I mean? Like 9-11 wasn't an attack on the cu- country. I mean, it might as well have been cause the World Trade Center affected so much and everything connected to it, don't get me wrong. And, you know, it was a, you know, uh, th- three thing, three main attacks, the two buildings and and the Pentagon. But, uh, you know, it's that, it's that thing where it's like, when you're in the midst of something, it's not okay to say certain things and people are very sensitive. And so like, even in the, my short lifespan, like I've witnessed this thing happen before where it's like, is it okay to talk about the things that I'm seeing now? Or are people so intense about their mm. particular perception of it that that's not permitted? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, well, when is it going to be okay to talk about some of the things that I'm observing, you know? And I, I, I don't hold back. Um, in my understanding of things, like, and I say exactly, like, when I'm posting on social media, I'll say exactly what I think, and then I'll have a lot of people, like, trying to fill in the rest for me, you know, oh, so what you're saying is this, and they'll give me a straw man extreme argument that's not what I'm saying at all, and that'll happen, you know, Um, but I'm not even really just talking about that, I'm just talking about that, like, um, that sensitivity and that, like the uh, when you when you when when it's it even if something's true, it can become like a religion. You know what I mean? Because it's oh, yeah. it's like okay, well, there's true parts to this, but the extremes around it's it, like the like, sacredness, it's the hushed tones. It's it's I understand that that religious that that that's an atmosphere around certain ideas and certain language that you're not allowed to mutter. And that's what when I told that story in the video about the Star Wars clip I wanted to make, you know, when it's like, oh, you cannot say that. But even like right now, I was hesitating. I mean, this is fucking 20 years later, and I was hesitated for a second to say, you're like, uh, is it an attack on America? And one of the things that is commonly differentiated is, so Pearl Harbor is a military strike. It's an attack on a military base. Right. And they and they say the distinction with 9-11, for example, is that it's an attack on a... Yes, the Pentagon is a military strike, but that the uh, World Trade Center is civilian targets. And what my first thing that comes to mind when I think of that is like, well, is it really? Is it really? If you are, you know, <laughs> if you're attacking the empire, right, you have to strike it at its power center. And that is both the fine, the the purse, and the strings of the purse are just as powerful as the 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 Pentagon. You know, like it's just entwined, right. as much entwined. So, dude, this is trippy and hard, weird to talk about. But you know how, like, okay, so the I don't know how to say all of this, but it's meditation point of mine. So, like, I'm gonna kind of jump the gun here and just say something, and I can qualify it more. But sure, like, sure, sure. what I see with COVID nineteen is like like not even i don't even think that there was a break i feel like it's literally a continuation of 9 11 so like 
in in the sense that when you're lo- when you're looking at 9/11 you're looking at a sacrifice of a lot of people in a building for greed and people's own aims and all this kind of stuff you know and but the buildings themselves were symbolic of we know the 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 two pillars of of the Kabbalistic tree and it's Solomon's like temple, and they were the Solomon brothers building and all right that, yeah. but it's it's what is that but a template of our own bodies mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. tetragrammaton is cognate with the uh with the, the tree of life absolutely okay i get that and Here we so go like covid-19 is our own bodies not only that, but particularly our uh, our respiratory. I say this as I'm smoking a cigarette, but <laughs> but it's 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 uh, an attack on our bodies. Mm-hmm. And the question when people talk about like, because this is this is this is weird, dude. Like, you know, I I, I don't want to <laughs> say certain things here, but um, when it when it comes to people in my personal life, so like, been exposed to a lot of information from my cousin, and I don't agree with everything he has to say but because he's my cousin you know i've i've entertained things that he's shared he's very focused on vaccination and in not rejecting him and his ideas because he's my cousin i've I've been privy to certain things that in trying to debunk what he shared sometimes i haven't been able to not only that but i found confirmation to things that i wouldn't have wanted to have thought sure and sometimes it can be a bit unsettling you know, um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at when people talk about 9/11 being an inside job, uh-huh. and the way that you end your documentary series with saying what inside amounts to, and when people like, if you look at the patents of of viruses, mm-hmm. this is something that I would love for somebody to correct me. And I open. I'm very open to having this uh, explained in another way. But from what I gather, like you're not technically supposed to be ha- able to have a patent for something that's natural. So, like, if something comes from nature, mm. you're not supposed to be able to patent that. Yet, all these coronaviruses and all these things are actually patented, and th- that's billions of dollars wrapped up in what those patents allow because they wouldn't be able to do what they're doing without the patent. And so, and, but the, the thing is, is that I am not arguing that the, that the patent implies that it was made in a lab or that any of these things were made in a lab. And if you have a patent, then you're not supposed to be able to do that unless, and so either way you cut it, there's some, there's a problem. Sure. Yeah. I don't know the legality, but I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. So apparently that's the thing. And so, but I'm not even like, I'm, we're doing always record. I don't want to get into all the, I could go on with the nitty gritty gritties of that. And I'm, I'm open to do that, you know, but I want to focus on this on like, kind of like a, a more of a symbolic level, which I don't take as like secondary to the actuality, honestly. Like I see that as in, it's like semantics when people go, oh, that's just semantics when actually the semantics is the meaning of the thing, you know? And so I just, I don't know, I'm just sharing a point that I like I've been meditating on, but it's hard to like communicate all the ins and outs of it because, but it's, it's this idea that we've, that, cause, and part of it comes from my studies in the Zohar when they talk about the event and then they're like basically describing that this, that this event, that from what I gather is, it gives the date and it 
gives the explanation of Joaquin and Boaz and all of that. And so I can't help but feel like that's what they're referring to. But they talk about the dynamics of that event happening like before and after. Like it's not an isolated thing. Like mm -hmm. it's like we're repeating the same dynamics. And so like I just I can't help it. Rome falls I, nine times an hour. Right. Exactly. Totally. So like when I'm looking at like like so I talk to my family in Sweden a lot, you know, I talk to my my other cousin a lot there. And it's kind of like, um, it's given me a perspective on what's going on that if I was just listening to Americans talk about this, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't feel all the nuances that I feel. And even if I was just listening to like, obviously Americans talking about Sweden that have a different reality too, because I have like libertarian friends that are they're like, oh, no one in Sweden is wearing masks. And I'm like, not true. My cousin told me, he goes to central Stockholm all the time, rides the subway, that a little bit less than maybe 50% of people are wearing masks. They're not fighting about it. No one fights about it. They just see it as kind of a, a courtesy thing. But they but they don't have the same relationship to that, like, to that. that it, this again, is, hasn't been weaponized. Here it's been, right, that, that debate like, oh, has been weaponized. Yeah, it's like, and there's, yeah, a lot of this stuff, I'm like, well, we have a... a totally screwed up medical system uh on so many levels and big pharma and and all these things and what i'm finding strange is it's like you know it feels like we were like just getting to a place where insurance companies and all this shit was like at the forefront of the political conversation largely due to bernie sanders going the fuck off about all of that you know and kind of waking people up to a lot of that stuff but isn't it crazy, like, the timing of all of this with, like, you had the first time in American history that, like, a, one candidate won all three caucus states, you know, like, boom, boom, boom. And then it was like, and, uh, and I, I can, this is a large, larger conversation, but I could go the fuck off about election fraud for oh, God, not just yeah. primaries, but the primaries before. And I'm like, wow, not only did we shut down that conversation but now, like, the thing that we were pointing at as being problematic has, like, made itself into the biggest problem that America's ever faced. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, I mean, I, I'm not only was I paying attention to the Bernie Sanders primary closely, so I'm with you. I, I feel like there is no way and an unprecedented that... Okay, so when you have a candidate surge, quote unquote, I mean, I, so again, I've followed electoral politics pretty closely for years, and it's not that you know everyone's like, I have people like, well, you're you're you should know better, you know. It's like, no, it doesn't mean I don't pay attention. Yeah, I know what how much of it's rigged, but I, I'm still very interested in the language around it. Why listen? Why do you feel the need to rig something? <laughs> because that. People are actually, if there's actual support for a thing, that's why you have to rig an election. Right. Yeah. You, know, you if, have 85%, we know this, of Democrats support Medicare for all. Meanwhile, they just voted against Medicare for all. The Democrats did. Yeah. Not the people, but you know what I'm saying. The, the uh, the, yeah, it's part of the platform. Dude, and so, this, this was the big one for me. And I don't mean this as in, this is a whole, we can go a whole road here, but just to say... When I, I actually really wondered if 
the the intention, the straight on intention of the democratic strategy is to lose the day that it was like felt really sure for me that it's like, oh, you're trying to lose this election mm-hmm. was when not even Medicare for all, but they said that they wouldn't support marijuana legalization right. as part of the platform. And it's not that right now in the midst of all that's going on, it's not that I think marijuana is so like pivotal. Like it's not like a, oh, you know, it's a, uh, what do you call it? Like a trigger issue, like a, oh my God, that's my, that's my pet, whatever. My point, though, is that it's 2020, and I felt like that debate was already over. Like, right. to be a Democratic presidential candidate in the year 2020, knowing, like, how mainstream it's become, how many states have done it, that it would just assume, I would just assume that's a no-brainer, like, given, you give something to the people. Hey, guess what? We're not going to yeah. give you health insurance. We're still going to, like, beat the shit out of you, and our cops are going to fucking tase you and tear gas you and all this sort of shit. But guess what? Go ahead. Get a little high. That's fine. Why? Because we control it. We're going to sell it to you. So we're going right. to make we, – it's on the fucking stock market. Marijuana is on the fucking stock market. Yeah. Right? I mean, I live in California. It's our biggest cash crop. Right. My point is when they said that – your, your point about Medicare for all, I, I agree with – but it's actually the marijuana thing that was like the biggest red flag for me. Cause I'm like, wait a second. How do you say, how do you get up on, in front of the television and go, no, no, we're not going to do that. We don't, we don't support that. That, that's like, that was genuinely scary to me in the sense of like, oh shit. Oh shit. Like you're trying to fucking throw this. Um, and a- anyway, uh, so, yeah, Bernie Sanders totally robbed. It was a total fucking fraud, that whole thing. So what was, I was going to say surges. So this idea of Joe Biden surging in the polls, that is unprecedented. Like, if again, like no, if unintended, stu- right? Well, yeah, yeah. To say usually you would have some something happens like. Oh, are there someone drastically dropping the polls or someone skyrocketing the polls? There's got to be some moment. They have this breakthrough moment where, like, he has this great PR fucking move or someone gets caught fucking sucking a dick or whatever it is. And then you're like, oh, that career's over. You know, mm-hmm. you you don't have just somebody who's in last place suddenly Swim, swim the everything. Super Tuesday, sweep, sweep the nation. Everyone voted right. for me. Yes, everyone vote for the guy in last place on the same day. That does not happen. That doesn't right. happen. Right. Well, you know what did ha- what did happen was in Iowa, they had they released a certain set of results, and then you had three different apps from Bernie's campaign team mm-hmm. that showed different results than the ones that they put forward, and they came out with those results, and they had to adjust. For those for those people having done that, and then they did something they've never done before. They made a rule that never existed that you, you that a campaign team cannot share their own information for the campaign. Why? They just got called out, mm-hmm. basically manipulating the results. No one got in trouble for it, but that totally happened. And then and they they said, oh, it's a faulty app or whatever, the shadow app that belonged to fucking Pete uh, Buttigieg. You didn't yeah. see a shadow after Groundhog Day. Uh-huh. And then it was and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, you, you they they weren't allowed to do that. And but why aren't they no longer allowed to do that after it just helped 
be accurate. You know what I'm saying? Like it does that yeah. completely counterintuitive. Well, so, here's an, oh, go yeah. please continue. continue. No, I, I just want to say when we're talking about elect, election fraud, and you and I, I think, have had this conversation a number of times. Like even uh, we've talked about that clip. There was this guy who testified um, about all the Diebold machines being hacked. Um, I mean, this is, go- again, going back to the year 2000, this idea of election manipulation. And I'm not talking like some like, oh, some Russian guy took out a Facebook ad. No, you know, some bullshit, yeah. you know, manipulated to yeah. so actually like rigging right. an election. Right. This also, is... also closing down the voting booths and oh, the God. areas that they know aren't going to help their chosen candidate. Yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely. I mean, yeah. fucking four polling centers open in Minnesota, canceling the New York primary. New York <laughs> cancel. Anyway, yeah, well, you, uh, you're with me. You're with me. But my yeah. point, though, is that how has the conversation now gone that paper ballots are going to be fraudulent? Mm-hmm. So having a paper trail, right? Having a paper trail, fraud. That's right. But having computers that we know have been hacked, yeah, are the ideal. Like what fucking bizarre? That's that is the mastery of this like Republican Trump like fucking backwards day shit. That like literally you can say something that is so clearly wrong and like i mean so so backwards and you have people just like fucking train sealed right so is this it is this it alan is it if you have um impactful events that people relate to in you know relative trauma ways that if at the if at the at the crux of an event something <clears throat> is so overtly uh, manipulated and just back the fuck ass words. Like, if that's at the ground, <laughs> everything you go from there, it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Because mm-hmm. if you build something on top of something that's that faulty, then it makes all the other faulty shit acceptable. Precisely, yeah. So, like, that's why 9-11 matters. That's why... Uh, any any event that's sensationalized that we can cl- everything points to that we're being bullshitted, and if people embrace the bullshit on when it comes to something that's that's that much of a foundation, then it doesn't matter what follows because all the other bullshit can be rationalized. Yeah, yeah, very well said. Very very well said. It's it's terrifying how that works. It's. I just don't like, you know, you, you obviously like, we don't have to talk too much for this, but you know, like me pulling out of Facebook groups and really trying to pull out of a lot of Facebook is just because like, it literally breaks my heart. It either makes me angry or sad, Yeah. but very little else. It just breaks my heart. I'm like, these are people that should be able to re- reason through this. And I'm watching you say something that, like, is so foundationally wrong mm-hmm. and foundationally opposed to everything else you're saying. You know, if you tell me this sentence about, like, 
I believe in rule of law, <laughs> but you don't think a cop should be held accountable to his own laws, right? Then, sorry, you're, that's bullshit, <laughs> right? Sure, you're sure. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. that guy should should not have, you know, um, he shouldn't resist arrest. He shouldn't defend himself. But right. then you're like, then today on trending, trending, ah, trending on Twitter is. Self-defense is trending because all these fucking right-wing, goose-stepping fucking scumbags are being like, oh, that this kid who fucking murdered people on camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right? And they're like, well, he was acting in self-defense, you know? And so, again, it's okay when... It's just the whole thing. It's like you, something you say... Now, and some of you say five minutes from you, or it could be in the same sentence, the same sentence. It's so fucking backwards. You mentioned uh, false flag terrorism, the de- definitions and all this sort of stuff. Man, I remember listening to fucking Alex Jones and having the thought, I was like, wow, it's as if this guy doesn't believe that anything, terrorism is real. Anything that happens, he's like, American government did it. American government did it. Right. American doesn't government matter what it is. It doesn't it's matter what it was. It's always, yeah. so, you know, some guy blew something up. Like that's fake. It's these Islamic terrorism doesn't as if it didn't even exist. It's just it's just a fake show because everything's the American government. And then one day in 2016, he said, "Now you guys, you really got to watch out for Islamic terrorism." And I went, "Wait a second, what?" Yeah. And he's like, "These Islamic fundamentalist terrorists really want to get you." And I'm like. Wait, wait a second. When what happened? When did you start? When did you? Not only did you start caring about it, when did you even believe in it? Right. <laughs> right. When did you? What is the threat? You kept telling me there was no threat from them. The threat was the U.S. government, and now suddenly that's the number one threat is mm-hmm. support the government, but love. The, I mean, how fucking Orwellian is that? Really? Right. And and the and the, the, mid, the, the midsummer caravans. You know, <laughs> it's like. Oh, not midsummer. That's what Floydian slip. No, I meant to say uh, the the um, mid. Um, oh God, what I, I can't think right now. Um, <laughs> uh, the um, fuck. What do you call it when you're you're uh, when you're serving a, um, a position and you got the. Uh, Fuck! I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to edit this. Midterm election. Mid the midterm caravans. What's mid? Oh, the caravan. Oh, the old. So the the caravans are coming during midterm election. So and before, no, no, no. Okay, and it's what's crazy is like that happens all the time, right? Or it happens regularly, relatively, and so it's like now we're going to put all of our focus on this, and then once the midterms are over, we're gonna just move on from it what the yeah, fuck where did that caravan go where did they did they invade oh they, right. that's that's they're here now that's that's who's uh that's antifa that's like that's antifa that's what happened with the caravan the king yeah 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 oh didn't you know right i love when they're like uh joe biden and kamala harris are radical communist leftists and like i wish they were radical left I, then i'd vote for them Right. No, there's no, there's nobody really left. Not even Bernie Sanders is that left. Right. You know, his, his, his tax plan when it comes to the Medicare for all is not that much different from like fucking what, what we've seen in the past. You know, it's, it's just, it's been a while, you Uh know, 
And so, and those used to be Republican platforms. Even they're practically I mean, Republican. If you go back, Biden, no, they. Oh, come on! That Joe Biden, that the Biden Harris ticket is a Republican ticket. Why do you think they have Republicans speaking at the yeah. convention? It's yeah. literally it is a Republican ticket. Yeah. And to call that that's that's this is the other thing we talk about ratcheting to call that radical leftists what. Right. Presumably, you're talking to Republicans who would have supported that just four years ago. So to say that's radically left, you have to be radically to the right of that. That is what that's telling you. You have to be radically to the right of what you were four years ago. Right. I mean, yeah, it's fucking insanity. Hey, Hey, yeah, I want to change the subject real quick. I was just about to say the same words. Yeah, let's get off the politics shit. I want to ask you, before I forget, I got this. A uh, specific question for you. So, in this Enron documentary, which I hope you'll watch, um, like I said, it's it's free. Uh, um, it doesn't matter. It's it's just, it's it's interesting for a lot of reasons. It's it's uh, it, it's so connected to nine eleven. From um, uh, so this was this was a conspiracy theory. Is that? And I was able to verify. I actually found newspaper records from I think the L.A. Times. Um, on like, September 14th or something, they published that in the the Solomon Brothers building, the third, so there's Towers 1 and 2, but then what else falls is Building 7, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Building 7 was the SEC headquarters. And this is when George Bush's friends are getting indicted by the SEC for their Enron fraud, which is the subject of this documentary. Sure. 9-11 happens in the middle of that, and the LA Times reported that like 400,000 documents from the SEC got destroyed on right. 9-11, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, along, along with the, the Pentagon uh, records for the missing trillions, yeah. Yeah, precisely. So that's not covered in this documentary. It's, 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 this, it's this other subject that like I just, I couldn't, I didn't have room to fit into this thing. Again, if it was, if I didn't make this a personal documentary, I would have gone more into like the political conspiracies, blah, blah, blah. And I did some like tracking down of like the newspaper articles about this and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, it's a really interesting documentary. It's an interesting piece of history. And this Enron um, I'm pretty story. sure I've seen it, but I saw it years ago. <laughs> but here's what I want to ask. Yeah. A key uh, aspect of this is they talk about a power company that got bought out by Enron, and it's called PGE. And isn't PGE what was running your power grid in California in 2019 when they were intentionally... So you had talked about, and I would, I would like to hear you talk about, there was these um, blackouts that were happening yeah. last yeah, just, year. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they've happened a little bit this year already, yeah. Um, and I, I feel like it's the same company. Is it PG&E? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you watch this documentary, you can see PG&E was this other company... Enron. Yeah, they're a, they're a six-time felon as a company. Yeah. So yeah, Enron buys them out, uses them as a shell, and does all this stuff. This was twenty years ago. So okay, yeah. Can you talk about what, what do you know about PG and E? Uh, PG and E there. So um, there's they have their towers, and they have and those towers have a shelf life of thirty years. We are well past that thirty-year shelf life, and so. 
they uh, they've been giving their CEOs, uh, you know, these these huge bonuses, like insanely huge bonuses, while they're not putting money towards maintaining those towers that are well beyond their shelf life. And so what we're doing and what they're the way that they're dealing with it in California, rather than spending the money to make new towers to do real maintenance, we're all paying for it. And not only that, but it's become an extreme fire hazard because if you have unmaintained, you know, electrical grid shit, it's like it's it doesn't take much for that to go awry. Um, and so we had a lot of fires due to PG&E's negligence. And then we're basically being like, you know, and it's also kind of a conditioning thing for them to turn our, our power out. It's it's. You get the idea. I mean, it's just it's a it's it's more than just irresponsible. It's fucking corrupt. And so it's a private company doing uh, getting profit off of something that is a a basic need. You know, people yeah, need electricity. State utility. Right. Previously. And, right. Exactly. And so it's just an, it's like the medical industry. It's another example of where you have when somebody stands to profit off of basic needs, they can make the biggest killing imaginable because if people need something, they need it and they'll do what they got to do to get it. And so they'll put up with a lot more, too, when it comes to that stuff. So that's, you know, um, beyond that, I mean, we uh, wasn't it. uh uh, was it AT and T? I, I guess that was involved in the Holocaust that set up all the all the lines of communication for the Nazis. I think. Um, I mean, it wasn't PG and E. I know. No, it wasn't PG and E. I know. AT and T. I know IBM. I know. Um, I know. Yeah, um, you could go. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot at Ford. There's a lot of we pay Ford helped build most of the motors. I think it's literally most. Like I don't think I'm overstating that for the vehicles that the Nazis used uh, and paid for rail lines. So like the rail line that went into Auschwitz, that was Ford. Uh, but also, I believe it was AT and T, a private company that uh, helped uh, allow the Nazis to all communicate with each other. Um, at obviously a time before cell phones and all that. So, but all those people collected after World War II. I mean, you know, uh, here's something interesting is um, looking at the Aryan papers when I was in the Kubrick um, archives in London. Uh, I looked at the original scripts that were written by Kubrick for Aryan papers, which didn't come out apparently because of Schindler's List. Like, they, Spielberg did another Holocaust movie, so it got scrapped or whatever. But if you look at the the introduction, uh, so like you know how in Barry Lyndon there's that in, intro where it's like all the personages or whatever that aforementioned they they're all dead now whether good or bad or whatever you know handsome or ugly or whatever it had one of those but you could see in Kubrick's own handwriting how many times he changed that opening paragraph and it's nuts dude it just there's so many different variations on how to communicate it but what i found really fascinating the opening to which film uh arian papers oh okay yeah, i was gonna say yeah so i was wondering right. if you meant you said that paragraph is in a paragraph i've ever seen okay right you're just so there's a, there's a paragraph saw. in the in the script so there's a stack of the different versions yeah, of the sure, screenplay sure, sure. right 
And there's a sentence in there that was changed so many times. It's unbelievable. And what that sentence is, is talking specifically about how America profited off of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And it was really fascinating to see because you could see Kubrick trying to figure out how best to articulate yeah. America not being held accountable in the Nuremberg trials for American industrialists for profiting off of the Holocaust. Yeah, okay. I totally get what you're saying now. Yeah. And so you could also see that it was a it was a it was a fixation of his because this is his own screenplay. Like if I talk about the AI screenplay proposals, those aren't Kubrick's. Those are two different authors. Um but what you can see is his notes. So he responded to those people's sure. proposals, and it's very insightful to look at those notes. But what's what's distinct with the Aryan papers is this is all Kubrick. This is his thing. Um I don't know. I guess I'm just I I found that really really telling. And like what his interest was in doing a Holocaust movie is in in part it relates to uh, America's own corruption. And then trying to figure out how do I navigate this to explain it. Like you can see that like like even you know Paths of Glory. Like people would argue, oh I guess it's the French, right? So they would say that this is. Uh, you know, but everyone speaks with a total American accent. It's like Marie Antoinette from Sophia. <laughs> Sophia <laughs> yeah, Coppola, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, is this, is it that they're lazy and they don't want to even do an accent? Or is it that they're like, no, this might as well be America because this exactly. is what America does, yeah. you know? Kirk and, Douglas like, hey, I'm French and I'm fighting <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't completely know where I'm going with that, but it felt worth worth mentioning, you know, in, in that context of uh, Amer- American industry being d- participating in the same shit and then somehow because it's America being acceptable. Oh, well, that's America, you know, they're not Nazis. What the fuck, you know? But yeah. Hey, you hold that thought for a second. I just want to piss real quick. Can you give me a second here? Hey, you there? Yeah, um... There are no cats in America. And the streets are paved with cheese? And the streets are, yeah. So that's basically, that song is saying there are no Nazis in America. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And lo and behold. So that was a Steven Spielberg produced film. What I, what I find really odd, not that odd, not that surprising, but unfortunate is that when you watch Schindler's List, notice there's no mention of April 19th, uh, 1943 which was the day that the Nazis went to invade the Warsaw ghetto and got met with heavy uh, resistance of artillery and explosives. The Jews were stockpiling weapons, and it's the only time that's known, or at least that I know, in all of World War II when the Jews fought back. And so, what, but so you will, if you watch the Roman Polanski's The Pianist and know he was a survivor of the Warsaw Ghetto, it is actually indicated. But you're looking at it from the perspective of somebody who's in hiding, and it just shows you one uh, view from his vantage point of what's going on. So he's not, they're not showing you like in the ghetto because he's in, at that point in, in, in hiding or whatever. Uh, I believe, or maybe I'd have to rewatch it. But the point is, is that. In The Pianist, they do make a little reference to it. And as far as I know, that's the only film that's ever even shown it at all. Um, but it's, it is it is a little odd that uh, that would get left out. That's also, by the way, the 
that day that that happened is also the day and year that Ella, that um, Albert Hoffman went for his famous uh, bike ride. Well, it's funny. I've literally been talking for two days now. I've been having a phone conversation with Will Morgan about April 19th. Um, and God, even before that, it's so fucking weird. Okay, so a week before that, Jesus Christ, why? I had a whole conversation with Andras about April 19th. Why did that come up a week ago? I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to ask Andras why that came up. But I mean, that that's so significant. Holy shit. Um so Will is kind of like uh digging into the uh some of the the Waco he's like he's watching I guess Netflix made some Waco miniseries. And I had seen that they did that, and I was sort of like just immediately rejected it. I'm like, oh, that's right, got to be with Rory Culkin, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which he pointed out some sync to me about Rory Culkin being in another movie that syncs with it. He had a whole he had a whole thing about around it. Yeah, Lords of Chaos. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what it is. That's what it yeah, is yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, and yeah. it's funny because he shared that, and then I immediately was like, oh well, Zach has been going off on that. They must have been communicating. But yeah, that's where he said, yeah, Zach was showed him some of the stuff. So, um, but, uh, so Andras had spoken to me a week or so ago about, uh, revisiting some of the Boston Marathon stuff, uh, which was April 19th. Oh, was um, it? There you go. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and like Jackie Robinson, um, so we did, uh. Our first episode of Synchronize, him and I had had done, was about April 19th, correlating with, like, Jackie Robinson Day, Patriot Day, and uh, the Boston Marathon bombing. And we did this, that was our first episode, and he was like, man, this is really significant again, and... Yeah, and I, I, I feel bad I'm drawing a total blank, but he had like a, hey, he goes, I think you should re-listen to that episode. This is really prevalent right now. And I... Um, and then Will's been talking to me about April 19th because of Waco. And uh, so just you to mention that now is, is really fascinating. Um, huh. Um, yeah, I mean, my, I, I mentioned it in, in uh, the um, my Sync Book 2 chapter. And, uh, and where I'm going in the context of why I brought it up in that was because of the Apollonian Dionysian um, dynamic that was communicated by Nietzsche in the birth of tragedy. I was actually just thinking last night that I was like, wow, you know, people talk about how uh, significant 1984 and brave new world and, you know, the, the Huxley and uh, Orwell stuff is in relationship to what's happening right now. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, the birth of tragedy is just as applicable, <laughs> you know, uh, the idea of, you know, because Apollo is is structure, you know, you'd say like sculpture is Apollonian or whatever, you know, and, and rules, laws, laws are Apollonian and laws are fine to an extent. And it's one of my one of my arguments when I'm looking at like what's happening, you know, in the United States and even in the world, you know, where I'm like, OK, like we got to manage things and do some laws but when you're adding so many more laws and you're not taking any you're not giving any back 
then inevitably, even if they're rationalized for being for the greater good or whatever, at a certain point, they just invariably become destructive. Or, or when you selectively enforce them, if you say these right. Wa- right, these laws are for some people and not for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some animals are made more equal than others. <laughs> yeah, precisely. You know. <laughs> and so there's that, but it's just I guess I'm I'm like, well, what's what's the end game? Like, not just game, but like, wh- to what end? Like, are if you were we're making if we're adjusting to things that are happening and we see no foreseeable end to these kind of issues. And we're agreeing that, yeah, this is the best way to navigate them. Like, it can be very, very problem. It's a slippery slope, I guess is all I'm saying. Is like, well, is this just our lives for now on? Like, because, you know, we we'll, we rationalize certain things. Where we're like, okay, no, two weeks to flatten the curve is what I originally heard. And then it's like, you know, okay, so at, at which point do we go, okay, well, <laughs> when, when you're dealing with something that's got a certain degree of futility involved, you know. This is like, to wh- where's the line? Is there a line? Is there ever going to be a line? You know, it's tough. And I, I'm not even necessarily saying I have the the answer. You know, I'm just I'm just saying that, you know, if things continue on the way that they're going, it can get pretty fucking ugly pretty fucking fast. Sure. Well, uh, so I, you and I haven't spoken in a while, man. I don't know if you know, again, speaking of like, that sort of like flatten the like where is the end you know the end of this thing and people i i totally get the sense of like frustration but then there's also there's frustration on the other side of like how come you know when this first happened everyone's like this is it this is the new world order global lockdown but it's not really a global lockdown everyone else fucking guillaume's at the beach you know what i mean right. so when you say hey this is be two weeks to flatten party the in Wuhan. right yeah so there's the question of, did we as Americans fuck it up so bad because we, because it was a, a, a politicized argument? Is that the case that we're, uh, you know, the, who is to blame? Is it a lockdown, a selective lockdown for U.S. as some sort of other conspiracy? Or is it because, you know, uh, Every, you know, every anti-mask protester and, you know, uh, is, is, is spreading it or, you know, all these sorts of questions of like who's to blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, I mean, so I was out of work. I was working as a bartender, right? I was at work from March till uh, till end of June. And I we so we were three months a little over three months, we were at. I was all the bars were closed, and they finally reopened the bars. Mm-hmm. And I went back to work. And I was literally at work for two weeks before somebody at my bar got coronavirus, and they had to shut back down. Right, right, and so, and that you know that was a decision made by the like bar owner to be like okay well we have to shut down and everyone everyone has to get tested and all this sort of stuff and you know it's not like the government mandated that um but to say like if you can't make it two weeks what's how is this sustainable yeah how is anything sustainable yeah no i know i my my work depends on events and i've just been waiting i'm like is it gonna we're gonna have events again or is this just i can't like because i'm i have 10 years training for the job that i do 
and I'm fucking good at it. You know, there's not an ego thing. It's just a fact because if you put that much work into something, you develop a skill. Yeah. And it's like I a, a huge part of my job has to do with with art events. So people going to look at art. And I'm like, well, shit, man. Is that? And my, my boss is like, I don't know if we're going to recover from this. I don't know if we're going to be able to stay in business. And it's just like, yeah. uh, I mean. Uh, I get it. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm trying to come up with I'm literally trying to invent a new career for myself, you know, in the last few weeks. And I'm like, okay, this is. But it's it's uh, I, I'm so torn inside because I'm like, I was good at my job. I made decent enough money and I was I was very happy in that role, but it doesn't seem sustainable of like. Uh, again, from all from all from all aspects of that, it doesn't like I, I feel like I have to prepare myself for a future in which. Uh, that. You know, okay. Let's let's assume everything reopens and everything's fine. We might have these almost like you have rolling blackouts. We have rolling closures or like right. you know whatever it might be. Yeah. Um. And I and again, here we're going to talk about the whole Bernie Sanders election conspiracy. Just to say, you're telling me that not only did Bernie Sanders have that momentum, right? But then a fucking pandemic right. struck. And everyone, you're telling me that everyone collectively went, no, nah, we don't want health care in a pandemic. Right. Hell no, we reject that. You tell me everyone ran out to the polls and was right. like, we have to make sure that we have no health insurance in a fucking pandemic. Right. Totally. Was, I thought, I, I, I'll be honest, you know, as far as blind spots and getting it wrong, I thought, I was like, oh, this is the thing that's going to make Bernie Sanders win. There's a fucking pandemic. Right. While this, and now, he's the now only the person talking emphasizing is in <laughs> our face. So surely, but no, that's surely. not what happened. They used, they, they had, it's like a, it's like they scrambled to uh, pull off a fucking heist while they still could. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, and it, do, it doesn't negate the crisis. It just means yeah. that you got people fucking profiting off of a crisis. Exactly. In oh, any way they can, because that's what people do. You know, not everybody, but that's what we've seen, and that's what's to be expected. And so there, there you have it. I, you know, there, there, there's certain things I, I like. I shared. Uh, I was looking at the the CDC website, and I found that they only have one place on the CDC website that I can find where they talk about RCT studies for face masks. Mm-hmm. And I shared about it or whatever, and I got some really negative responses, even in my inbox from people talking about how inappropriate it was that I was even sharing. What I'm like, I shared a article from the CDC about face masks, and I'm literally not saying anything other than what they said. And I got all this really, ne- some of the most negative backlash that I've ever gotten from a Facebook post in my life. And I'm like... I'm like, well, you know, and what I got was when people wanted to respond with it with an article from the CDC. So I was like, can you show me where the CDC says some, something else or whatever on RCTs? There isn't anything else they say on RCTs other than this one place, as far as I know, because it is the, you know, the the page on RCT studies for face masks. And I get this article about a salon and I think it was like Missouri or something. And it's talking about, uh, you know, the studies. And I had been saying to people online, and so I was like, you know, if it's not an RCT, 
uh, random controlled test, then we don't really know because that's not really the ultimate science. Like the science works, you need to have a randomized controlled test to really understand. And I was repeating that to people on the internet quite a bit around that thing. And so what was crazy is that like, I think it was within the last two weeks, uh, uh, Fauci is there next to the uh, director of the CDC and they're they're asking uh, Fauci about the I probably pronounced it wrong hydrochloroquine or whatever you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to say one thing on that one way or the other because I don't fucking know. But when they asked him about a peer reviewed study on that medication, he said peer reviewed studies don't really mean anything. What we need is RCTs because that's how we know what's what. And I'm like, oh my god, fucking Fauci just said the thing that I've been saying to people on the all over the internet, but about a different subject. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, they say, and the CDC says, if you if you wear masks improperly, that it could it could likely increase the chances of infection. They also say, you know, that there has been no proof when it comes to influenza that masks actually protect. That it says that they use them in hospitals for blood splatters and all these other reasons, and it says they don't use it to to not contract a virus. That's not what the face masks are for. And so, but that's the CDC. So I'm just like, I'm like, am I nuts? Like, I mean, I have no problem if I go into a store wearing a fucking mask. I do it all the time. I've I've never put up a fight about it. I don't see any reason to. uh, And I have to admit that it feels to me, for myself, like a very privileged position to be telling other people they have to do something if you're having to wear a face mask from like nine to five or God forbid worse. And, like, it's been fucking hot here. They keep hospitals super cool. For mm-hmm. That's one yeah. of the reasons is so that people doing surgeries and whatever, and they're not they're, they're, they're wearing a face mask so that they can still be, you know, relatively not just comfortable, but not fucking pass out. I listened to, I saw a thread with all these nurses, and I had to check their profiles to see if they're, in fact, nurses because they were all kind of in agreement over that. They were like, oh, no, it's someone, people sharing their stories about when they first did surgeries, and they were like, I felt like I was going to pass out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, they're getting like, uh, you know, not heat stroke, but when you start to turn black, you know, your vision and they're like talking about long surgeries and whatever. And they're like, well, thank God it's cool in hospitals because if it wasn't, this would be a lot more challenging, whatever. And I'm not, I'm not like anti-mask. I see the functionality of it, but to a degree. And so I'm like, if you're handling your mask with your with your hands, and then you're put and then you're like you're touching other things or whatever, I'm like, or you know, if, if, if there's all if it's a cloth mask, and you're not washing it every day. Well, I'm precisely. You. Or like, or say, say yeah. like my 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 mom, who again, she had two coworkers die. Okay, they yeah. made them. Not only do they have to. So as far as the she works. Uh, I don't want to say the name. You don't have uh, to, right? Well, well, I mean, it's it's a major medical organization in New York. Huh. All right, and they refused. They supplied them with one paper mask per week. Right. And they were not allowed to bring masks from home because those right. the masks from home wouldn't be. <laughs> approved or whatever right that, that's that's even if you put the same mask you no know, you have to have the mask we give you because this, this is the approved 
by our thing, but they're like you. But then we're gonna give you one a week. So if you reuse it all week long, how is that helpful in any fucking way? It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and there's a lot of videos that go around the internet about oh, what it does for identity and what it does for when you know when people's relationship to one another. And and you know, they call it they call it social distancing. It's like it's antisocial. It's not social. There's nothing social about distancing. I'm sorry. Uh, that feels kind of like a PR terminology thing. and But you I know, social it. distancing was a term used 100 years ago. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Was, uh, just, just to say, for, that's for not the, a for new... the swine flu? I mean, not the swine flu, the bird flu? Um, so, like, Spanish influenza uh, right. and even throughout mm. Europe. I can find... Oh, who was it? There was a... What are we, like a, uh, like a famous painter... Who was talking about social distancing? I had read some, like some diary entries. Anyway, th- that is an express. It's an expression that is not new. Just, just to, uh, j- just to say, to your point of like, is it a PR thing? Certainly, it's a nice. Could it's be a an nice older spin. PR thing, but yeah, right, whatever yeah. the case. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. That would be a bit before Bernays's time, but uh, I'm not even. I don't even want to go there, really. I, mean, I know, said, I know. I just, I, that, I just wanted just... to say. I just right. wanted to clarify. You know uh, that 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 that's not a new phrase. I, but I, I wasn't trying to. Argue. You and right. I. Right. I think I think the problem is is that if I want to have this kind of conversation, people immediately go to, well, then what do we do then? And it's like, well, I don't. That's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not claiming to be an expert on anything, really. You know, I don't really know what the answer is. I and so that's the thing because I think. For a lot of people that are on on social media, they'll say something and they have the backside of what they really, you know, what their real what their agenda is. I don't have much of an agenda, but for looking for the <laughs> the thing that's going to have the least amount of havoc wreaked up upon a society, you know. And I don't always know completely what that is, and I don't necessarily know what the right thing to do is. But I want to share. I want to be able to share information especially if it's coming from this cdc who i mean i don't i don't trust everybody but i gotta say i trust that their ideas and communications around things a lot more than i do fucking joe schmo on youtube you know what i mean exactly yeah and it's like well this is my go-to and i I trust that the cdc even if they're even if they're controlled by a conspiracy and manipulated they still have to have some basic like you know hey we're all is all the scientists in this room okay with me saying this thing that it's it's supposed to be slightly manipulated it can't be a bold-faced lie whereas uh, when alex jones gets on his radio show and he says do you know that we're wearing a mask it's like wait a second bud right (coughs) yeah totally it's you know it's crazy yeah no i'm yeah i don't know it's it's uh it's a difficult thing to navigate a little bit. Have you considered that viruses aren't even real? That there's actually... <laughs> have you seen that? Sure, I've seen everything. I got yeah. I, Dude, dude, my fucking... My Facebook feed is insane, dude. And you might have the same thing, I don't know. But for me, it's almost right down the middle. I mean, not that people are moderate, but no, in terms of like, I got the extremes on one side that everything is fucking fake, blah, blah, blah. And then I got the extremes on the other side. Just do what you're told. This is, you know, we'll get through this, whatever. And it's like, uh, there's very little 
Yeah, I only yeah. got like a small handful of friends that I actually like completely resonate with in terms of their objectivity and their attempt to like make sense of everything, you know. And uh, most of those people are that I resonate the most with are the people who are just looking at the what's and not the why's and not the how's, you know. Or if they are, they're start they're emphasizing the what. What is happening, you know? I do, I do, I do think why is important. Um... Right, but if you don't determine what's happening first, certainly that's yeah, the syntax yeah. error, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the the, and I, I I agree with with Dr. Judy Wood on that. She's one of my favorite nine eleven researchers, mm-hmm. and uh, put up a Judy Wood thing earlier today. Yeah, not that I agree with everything she says, because do I ever fucking agree with everything any particular person says? No, it doesn't happen. I'll find flaws in Krishnamurti. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> No one's the ultimate authority on fucking everything. And if you're if people are looking for a teacher or an expert that they think has all the answers, that's not how it works. You have to, to you know, uh, take everything. Well, that's what's so scary about, I think, you know, in a way, I feel like we have entered a stage where... We have a lot of really bad gurus. The people who are saying they know what the answer is are the least educated or least fucking rational, clear-headed amongst us. And um, it's... That's that's what's scary to me. Like, I... um, seeing how people are being preyed upon like i thought i just saw something uh i've been doing some sort of research into like QAnon for a while just sort of like some of the underbelly ugliness of it and um to see uh, it was something that i was pers- i i wasn't sure i was like wow why am i seeing certain people radicalized like QAnon radicalized very recently like how I wouldn't expect those people like right. I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to be careful I'm going to speak vaguely on purpose I'm not right. trying to like call anyone out or any have any beef or whatever it's just like right. I, I was re- really like, like wow I'm super surprised of all the people that like either are normally quiet or that I know their personalities prior to this suddenly they're like Ravid QAnon supporters, where is this coming from? And I literally found outside of any of our sort of stuff going this totally purely like true conspiracy research of like documenting how our how our ideas propagated, what are the methodologies, where is this stuff getting posted, blah 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 blah, right? Uh, trying to like move away from all the sensational stuff and just like really go to like nuts and bolts. And uh, I just saw something the other day that was like, if you don't belong to any mommy Facebook groups, you would not believe how full of QAnon propaganda they are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, that makes sense. That's why I'm seeing these like middle-aged women like suddenly... Like where, like you know, like where I know them is just like 
nice ladies right suddenly like oh my god i have to we have to save the children right we have to save the children between the chrome oh my god yeah you know jews uh-huh. well trump suck right. down trump's dick and save the children you know mm-hmm. where the fuck is this coming from um it's like, oh, they went for the fucking mommy groups. I'm like, that makes that makes sense. Okay. And um I don't know, man. Like yeah. I'm yeah. um uh, uh, the whole thing seems so is that, so this was some of the idea of like who's saying they know? And I, I'm I'm terrified at this point by anyone who's thinks they know. Because mm-hmm. I yeah, I just had somebody lose their shit on me and 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 uh, about a somebody who's not a, not a friend of mine on on Facebook, but they're friends of a friend or whatever, and they saw my post. I had a Robert Anton Wilson post I shared the I, other day. I saw that about I, it took all my power not to comment on that. That guy, that was no, it's, just, it's it's ironic. The 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 irony there was just out of control because I'm like, oh, so this is your belief about belief. Uh-huh. Now you're going to defend your beliefs. And he around, said, around "I've never belief. read him, but I, I've never read him, but I, 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 he sounds wrong." Oh, right, right. I got a kick out of it, you know. And I'm, and it's I funny too because, like, I think a lot of times, like, what when is people inventing his own language, and I was like, "Well, actually, he did emphasize E prime." So, right. Well, he just blocked me. I was trying to uh-huh. respond to something that he had just said right before this call, and then I'm like, "Oh, I can't respond." And then I went to go to the guy's profile. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm blocked." So. Apparently he didn't he didn't like his his beliefs around belief being challenged. 